Stop podcast surfing. You're in the right place. <laughs> I've always wanted to sing. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Kimberlon B. I am a licensed counselor, but I'm not your counselor. <laughs> I'm also the host of Good Tea and Reads. So I created Good Tea and Reads so we could use everyday topics, issues, and current events to explain the importance of mental health awareness. Mental health discussions are so important because so many suffer in silence or do not realize that they're dealing with mental health issues because of stigmas, society and family expectations, and other reasons. Some episodes on Good Tea and Reads are heavy and will make us think. Other episodes will be very enlightening or refreshing. But either way, you will have an awesome experience. Here's the disclaimer. Any information shared on Good Tea and Reads is not a substitute for seeking professional care from another professional. Any information shared on Good Tea and Reads is not meant to diagnose the subjects or persons discussed on this podcast. All right, so enough, enough of this intro. All right, so go grab your cups really quick so I can pour this piping hot tea. Meet me on the inside at one, two, three. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your host, Kimberlon B. I am the host of Good Tea and Reads. Today, we are getting ready to talk about some very hairy situations. But before we get started, I just want to ask you a question. How are you? I mean, really, seriously, how are you doing today? All right, I intentionally put a pause there because I wanted to give you time to self-reflect. So often we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of this thing called life that we really forget to check in on ourselves. So I just wanted us to take that moment to check in on ourselves to see how we are doing. Hopefully you will continue to do that daily or throughout your day. All right. So today's episode on Good Tea and Reads is titled The Read on Bad Hair Days. So today we will actually be exploring the connection between hair and mental health. So grab your cups and so I can pour this piping hot tea. All right, hopefully you got your cups, you're ready, you're relaxed. So, cause we're gonna be hanging out for the next hour or so. So now that you're relaxed and you're cozy and you're settled in, we're getting ready to start out with a little story time and it's titled Press, Journey with Jerry, Freedom to Fried, Died, Laid to the Side, and Finally Arrested, Locked Up, and Loaded. If you didn't guess by now, this is actually the story of my own personal hair journey. So I'm just going to provide little nuggets of what happened on my hair journey throughout my life. 
So starting with press. So I used to get my hair pressed with a hot comb. And most of us growing up can actually relate. And some people actually still get their hair pressed with a hot comb. And what that means is there's this comb you put on a burner, but now I think it's much more fancier now. I think they have like this tunnel thing that heats up that they put the hot comb in. And then your mom or whoever would actually press your hair. So I didn't go to the beauty shop all the time. My mom would actually press my hair for special occasions and at least probably once a week when I had to go to school. So this experience, it was nice after it was all over. But when you were getting your hair done, oh, there's times where there was close to burn. Or if you would wiggle and move because of the heat, you may even get nicked by a little burn. So my mom used to press my hair with ultra sheen grease. I don't know how many people remember that. And it was actually the yellow one, right? And so... In my head, I had in my mind that if my mom used more grease on my hair, it won't burn as bad. But little did I know, I didn't, I really didn't think this all the way through. Because the more grease she used when she applies that hot comb, it would actually melt that grease and that would cause the burn. Now, those that may be listening and probably haven't experienced the hot comb. I don't want you to think it was abusive because it's not anything abusive or anything like that. That was just the price we paid to have um, our hair straight so we can look good on Easter days and Christmas and while we went to school. All right. So finally, I moved from the press days and in the eighth grade, Jerry Curls was out. And my mom finally let me get a jerry curl. And let me explain what a jerry curl is because some people may not be familiar with that, right? So they would use these chemicals and these, these rollers and they would roll your hair up and then you'd go sit under the dryer and then you get your hair washed and your hair was just curly. Oh man, it was just drippy, juicy curly. <laughs> And you had to use what they call curl activator to keep it moist and to keep it curly like that. And if you still don't know what I'm talking about, if you've seen the movie Coming to America, there was a scene where the guy would sit on the couch with his family. And when they got up, it was like grease spots on the couch. So those were curls, if you want it to be familiar. But anyway, getting back to my story, I mean, I wore a curl from the eighth grade and I actually graduated with that thing. On my graduation picture in my mama house, I had the curl and my curl was actually cut in a shag. And those that's not familiar with a shag, I got to break this down too. It was short on the sides and long in the back. Honey, that curl was curling my hair was activated and my entire forehead, which you could see because I have, a, I have a big forehead and, um, you know, my hair was greasy. That forehead was greasy, honey, from that curl. And I had to leave that curl alone because by the time I was graduating, 
comedians was poking fun of curls. People were actually moving into perms. People were talking about people with curls and people were snickering at me <laughs> with my curl. So I had to get rid of that curl. So I went from that Jerry curl and I went into a perm. <clears throat> I love perms. My hair was straight. I didn't have to worry about that ultra sheen grease anymore. I just had to go every four to six weeks and get my hair permed. And my hair was straight and it was fried, dyed, laid to the side. Now, let me tell you something about the perms and people that still get perms, don't come for me, okay? <laughs> Please don't come for me. One thing about perms, you could not scratch your scalp. You could not comb your hair the wrong way and scratch your scalp. Because if you did and you had to get that perm on your hair, them chemicals would tear your scalp up and you making a beeline to that sink to get that perm rinsed out of your hair. Now, there are some days I would forget because it would seem like the closer that I was coming to my perm appointment, the, I would start, my hair would start itching and I would start scratching it. So I would actually go to the beautician and she'd be like, did you scratch? No, I didn't scratch. She'd be like, let me know if it's burning. And I'd be like, okay, I'll let you know. Honey, my head was sizzling on the inside. It was sizzling, but I sat there because I was going to be brave because I wanted my hair to be straight, not just straight. I mean, straight. And so I just thugged it out as much as I could. <laughs> now, there were a couple of times where I had to like run to that shampoo bowl because my head was on fire and I just could not do it. I could not. I mean, my eyes was watering. I was trying to take them tears and I was just wanting to just pat it on my head so I could just put that fire that I felt on my head out. <laughs> so I kept a perm for the longest, probably still would have had a perm, but I don't know about any of you out there who's had that experience to where you've had perms and it's caused your hair to break off. And, you know, sometimes that happened to me, I think maybe once or twice. So I always would tell people that I was on my third set of hair. <laughs> but this one particular time, um, I actually got my perm. And those who's had a perm and, you know, when you go to the shop and them shampoo bowls, that's kind of had that U shape, which I really wish that I had a shampoo bowl in my house because, I mean, that made life so much easier than putting my head over the sink. So this particular beautician, I don't know if she was in a hurry to get to the store, to get home. I don't know if she was tired, if she was sick or sick and tired. Who knows what was going on? But she was doing my perm and she did my perm as always, like she would usually do and would rinse the perm out. This particular time, I don't believe, or I should say that I know, that she didn't rinse my hair out well at all around the shampoo bowl. Because after my hair was done and styled as usual, the next few days I noticed that I, my hair started shedding and it was shedding and it was shedding everywhere I would go. I didn't have a problem with hair shedding. Um, then I realized when I went to go see another beautician that they confirmed what I really didn't want them to confirm was that all of the perm wasn't rinsed out of my hair. 
resulting in me losing all my hair and it my hair was like that u shape of that shampoo bowl so it was kind of long in the middle and the sides were gone and right there i actually decided that i didn't want to get any more perms and that was around the same time where more and more women were going to wearing their natural hair and natural hair just simply means their hair in their natural state. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna try it because I don't want any more perms because I had a bad experience. Again, if you wear perms, that's on that's on you. I'm not knocking you, but I had a bad experience. So I figured I would do natural hair. Um, Cause ladies was walking around, they was rocking afros. They was doing two strand twists. They was doing everything with their hair and their hair was just beautiful. Me on the other hand, I, I don't know how to do hair. I didn't know how to do hair. If you had saw my girls when they were growing up, they parts in their hair. I couldn't even part hair, to be honest with you. It was bad. But I tried the natural state. It, it, it wasn't working for me. So one day I was talking to my beautician. Um, and I was like, you know, I need to try something with my hair. I don't know how to style my hair. So I think I'm going to do the unthinkable and I'm going to actually try locks. I was so anti-locks growing up because I didn't like the way they look. I didn't like anything about locks. And she was like, girl, you don't even know if you like locks. And I was like, I don't. She said, so let's try these comb twists and see if you like locks. And I was like, okay. So I tried the comb twist. I mean, it looked a little bit strange. <laughs> because the way they were shaped and then I could see my scalp, it was just a whole thing that was going on with me. But I actually stuck with the process and 10 years later, I have locks. And so that's my journey. And I just wanted to share that with you. But even though I talked about that journey and the different phases I went through, there was actually some mental health challenges attached to those you know, hair experience, I should say. I mean, back with the pressing, the anxiety of getting my hair pressed, am I going to get burnt this time? Did I tell my mom to use way too much ultra sheen grease on my hair and how I'm going to get burnt? And there was some anxiety or worries through that. Um, dealing with the perm when the hair was shedding, there was some embarrassment. I was a little sad, maybe a lot of sad. Um, could have been some depression because my hair was just shedding everywhere and it was just horrible. And I didn't know how much longer it was going to last. Um, you know, um, with the curl, you know, listening to people shame curl, curl shame. And I think they would probably call it today with all my grease on my forehead. And, you know, some people, again, may still wear curls. That's that works for you. And then moving into locks, you know, hearing what people tell me that they can't do locks, there's no way that they could do locks. And even in the beginning stage, I had a friend that I went out of town to meet and we were getting ready to go to church. And so I went up there with my little squiggly screws. I don't, that's my little baby locks. And she's like, all right, so we getting ready to go to church. Are you going to comb your hair? And I was like, uh, yeah, my hair's already done. She said, you're going to actually go to church looking like that? Um, yeah. So again, 
there was some mental health uh, challenges related to that as well. So I just wanted to share all of that for, with my personal experience on my hair journey. So what prompted this episode was when I saw a picture on social media of Rihanna meeting the French president, and that picture actually went viral. So there's two things I like to explain. There's the internet, and that's the internet that we've all known to come and love, right? That was created in the 90s, and it connects us so much now. We, can, we have so much access to information. However, there's also the internet, and those are the people and the trolls that would dig and find up receipts and find out everything and will talk about you really bad. So the internet started making fun of Rihanna's hairstyle when she was meeting with the French president and was comparing her to a gospel singer. So not sure how Rihanna felt about that or even how the gospel singer felt about that being compared to Rihanna. But a few things that we know that Rihanna is a billionaire, she's a mother, and she really doesn't care what people have to say about her. And we know that's how Rihanna rolls with things. However, Rihanna's experience does not represent the average experience when someone talks about our hair or we experience some type of hair trauma. Here are some examples. Um, remember the young man that, uh, would, that could not participate in a wrestling match with locks and had to make the harsh and unfortunate decision to cut his locks off at the tournament just to participate. There was also another young man in Texas that was suspended recently for having locks, even though he did not wear his locks on his neck because there was a rule or something about having males having hair longer than their neck or something along those lines. Or do you know of any people or read of any stories where people were suspended from school or their work was impacted because they had their hair dyed red, blue, purple, green, or a combination of any of those. There was also stories that I've had of workers, co I call them co-workers, um, that had to press their hair from a natural state to a sh straight state because their bosses may not approve. Um, they may find their hair unprofessional or untidy. Also, there are illnesses that one may experience that requires us to take medications um, to impact our, that can impact our hair. Or some people can develop alopecia that can impact their hair. With all of those examples, and probably some other examples that you can think of. One thing that we can all agree on is that these are some hairy situations. I had my own experience with my hair and my own journey, but I wanted to actually do some research more on hair. And I wanted to share my findings with you and the impact of hair on mental health and I also want to share some strategies to help manage your mental health related to hair trauma. That's right. You can have a hair trauma. That is such a thing. I know some people probably think that it can't be, but it is. <clears throat> some of the examples I gave earlier are examples of hair trauma. 
So we're going to start out a little bit with history, hair history, I like to call it. <laughs> Throughout history, hair has held a significant cultural and social meaning. In many societies, hair represents power, beauty, and even religious beliefs. From the intricate hairstyles in the ancient Egypt days to the elaborate wigs of the 18th century France, hair has always been an important medium for self-expression and identity. And if you think about it, like those pictures from back in the days, those women would have those wigs. They almost look like beehives, honey, but them things were together. They were neat, honey. They were the cat's meow back then. You couldn't tell them nothing. And I bet you they got the respect that they deserved with their hair. Because there wasn't a picture that I noticed in my history books or even on the internet where their hair was like not together, honey. <laughs> so... With that being said, there is an emotional, emotional impact that's related to hair. So our hair can greatly influence our emotions and self-esteem, as we probably have all experienced. A good hair day um, can boost up our confidence. Honey, we will walk around. You can't tell us nothing. We will sometimes go out there and get an outfit to match our good hair moment. And we will style that thing. Oh, man, y'all know we will. However, the opposite, on a bad hair day. If there's a bad hair day, it can leave us feeling insecure. We may call in and we may not even want to dress appropriate um, or how we used to dress. Or sometimes we may even overcompensate just praying that nobody is paying attention to our hair. Um but that emotional connection is rooted in our innate desire to look and feel our best because we do want to look good. We look good. We feel good. As our appearance um, often influences how others sees us. And that's a fact that's true. Some people will tell you, oh, you can come as you are. Let your hair be jacked up. People probably have already judged you right? If it's jacked up because of something that was in your control or outside of your control, people will still judge you. Hair is also an extension of our personality. So hair allows us to express our personality, making it an essential part of our self-identity. So even if we decide to give it a good color or we can style it or we can wear it at any length, right? Some of us like long hair, some of us like the short style, and some of us, honey, will take that hair off and we will just rock our our, our hair without, our hair without hair. <laughs> I mean, our head uh, without hair, and we will style that. But either way you choose to wear your hair, that is an extension of your unique self. And by experimenting with these different hairstyles, we can actually explore who we are. Oh, honey, we can redefine who we are. And um, our role also uh, of the hair actually plays a part in our social identity. It plays a crucial role. That's what I was getting ready to say. Uh, it can help us feel a sense of belonging within a particular group or a culture. 
And it, it's also a sign of our social status in some cases as well. And sometimes the way we wear our hair, it actually shows others who we are actually associated with. So hair is everything, okay? <laughs> so now we're getting ready to explore um, some of the mental health challenges that are related to hair, because I said that there was a connection between mental health and hair. So according to research, they called it scalp hair. <laughs> this can be also known as the hair on our head. Um, has a greater social and psychological significance as compared with this biological importance to mankind. So the way we feel about our hair is probably more important than hair is to our livelihood. So hair has no significant function in humans except for providing that cranial padding. So it pads our skull <laughs> and it also protects us from sun rays. Um, but mostly we think about it as our self-identity or our image. A head full of hair is often perceived as a sign of gender, youthfulness, vigor, and status. So scalp hair is a unique part of the human body. And what makes this unique, you may ask? I'm glad that you asked, because I know you're probably thinking, we're talking a lot about hair. Yes, we are. <laughs> Okay, so one thing that makes scalp hair unique is that it can be altered and restyled at however you desire. Um, it can be, as I mentioned earlier, colored, cut, or curl um, in a short period of time. If we thought about anything else on our body, if we wanted to have longer arms, we just can't cut our arms off, you know, and make longer arms. So you think about all of the unique things that we could do with hair. Um, however, the term bad hair day is evidence of the mental importance of hair. So we know that it impacts our mental health. I wanna throw out a disclaimer right here. Um, I mentioned several examples earlier of individuals that experience hair challenges. So I'm not going to focus on their specifics because I don't know all of the details surrounding their situations. They may have experienced mental health. They may not have, right? Not sure. Um, I'm just focusing on that general part of mental health to increase awareness. So there's no need to challenge me with the would have, could have, and should have, and hey, it's just hair. Why are people tripping? I don't want to get into those details. I just want to keep it on a general level. Okay. All right. So one way that mental health can impact hair health is through stress. And I'm sure all of us, all is experienced with stress. Young or old, it doesn't matter. <laughs> stress doesn't discriminate. <laughs> um, when we are stressed, our bodies actually release our home, our hormone called cortisol, which can cause hair loss and thinning. Okay, so that's a fun fact. Um, us having to take care of our physical health 
We do know mental health and physical health goes hand in hand. Um, our physical health can also speak into the health of our hair as well. All right, so in certain cultures, hair can be an essential aspect of our identity. Any changes or damages can cause distress. Don't come for me because I'm about to use an example. Don't tell me if I'm right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just an example, okay? Um, I'm going to actually speak into a fragment of Black America, okay? I, don't, I can't speak for all. But due to the racial trauma, yeah, racial trauma, mm-hmm, I meant that, not possibility, no, racial trauma, and societal pressure and other reasons you probably can think of. Lots of pressure and emphasis is placed on having good hair. For years, good hair was defined as straight hair, natural curly hair, hair I could wet with water or moisturize and go. And some of us back in my days would actually say, I have Indian in my family, and this is no disrespect to Native Americans at all. Um, I'm old, and that was actually a quote that people would say. You know, people would even joke and have jokes about having Indian in their family. And so getting back to my point, um, we would actually say things like that to define our identity and support why our scalp hair was so good. Um, talk about the things that we would go say and do um, just to defend our identity. There's actually a TikTok out right now where an influencer uses a flat iron on their 4C hair and 4C is like super coarse, really tight, 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 tight hair. I'm not making fun of it because my hair is actually 4C and I didn't know what to do with it, but that's why I transitioned to locks. The, the influencer used a flat iron on their hair without preparing their hair. And it appeared that the influencer, the company, or both actually made a mockery of black hair in Black History Month. Now, imagine how that influencer's mental health may have been impacted from even trying to make a bag, right? Um, I am so glad that the term good hair has been clearly defined to include all hair and that all hair is good hair so that everyone can embrace their hair in the state they choose. Here's the thing, it's your hair. It's your hair, right? It's in your scalp, it's on your head, so it's yours. <laughs> oh gosh. So a hair, hair is actually, as I've said throughout this presentation, an important part of our identity. Um, when we get that bad hairstyle, that bad cut, have to take medications with that side effect of hair loss or diagnosed with alopecia or experience hair loss, it can significantly impact how we feel about ourselves. In turn, that can affect our quality of life we may not want to participate in social activities anymore. We may develop anxiety or depression. And those whose hair grows back um, during the process may have thoughts about how they lost their hair. And they can actually develop PTSD, 
or post-traumatic stress disorder because of the constant thought of what happened in the past or that they may lose their hair in the future because they don't want their hair to actually fall out again. So now I don't want anyone to think that it's uncommon not to experience any type of emotions when their hair is impacted, because that's simply not true. We are humans, right? I mean, I'm going to share a little bit what happened like last week when I went to go see my loctician. Um, I do have locks, so my hair occasionally will break off at the end, or I should say bud, because that's the proper word. And that's what's helping me navigate that. I spoke with my loctician recently at my hair appointment that my locks were breaking at the end because I was actually feeling some kind of way. You know, I'm styling my hair and I look on the ground. I'm thinking it's a bug. <laughs> Y'all don't have bugs in my house, so don't play. Okay. You know, occasionally bugs get in, but I don't want you to think I have constant critters in my house. I had to clean that up right now. <laughs> anyway. You know, I look around and I see that lock and I'm like, oh my, I just hope they don't fall out at the grocery store at work or anything like that. But, um, so I was talking to her about how I was breaking at the end and she was like, your locks are 10 years old, girl, your hair is going to fall off. Okay. Um, that hair at the bottom is going to break. It's been hanging out there for 10 years. What do you expect for it to do? Just keep going. And I was like, Okay. So she got me together like real quick. <laughs> so we will experience um, mild to severe symptoms associated with hair losses or bad haircut, or we'll just sum it up under hair traumas. Um, some of the things we may experience is anxiety, you know, that worry. I remember that ultra sheen grease, you know, on the back of my hair, worried that I'm going to get burned. Um, <laughs> some of us may get angry. Remember when you go to your beautician and you like, I want to get my hair done like this picture in the magazine. So I'm older. We used to look at magazines or those pictures on the wall. Now you can just scroll on your phone or look on TikTok and say, Hey, this is how I want my hair to look. And you ask your beautician, can you do this? And she's like, yeah, I can do that. And you like, okay, you know, we're going to get it together. And then you leave and you like, what in the world did, what are they thinking? What did they do? How did they get that from that? Mm-mm, mm-mm. So you can find yourself getting a little angry when you leave from there, but hey, all right, I'm gonna let that go right there. Um, you can also experience depression. You can experience, yeah, of course you can experience embarrassment because your hair is not looking the way you want it to look. Hair loss, losing hair can cause you to feel embarrassed because people may come up to you and be like, hey, what happened to your hair? Or they may ask you questions. And sometimes they may be coming from a good place or they may just be being nosy, but still it makes you feel some kind of way. Um, it causes a reduction in work performance. If I don't feel good, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think I look good then it's going to impact the, my work productivity for sure, or my school productivity. I may not do well on my homework assignments and I may make bad grades. It also may cause problems with sexual performance. Ooh, gut punch. 
gut punch or punch below the belt. No pun intended. <laughs> Sorry. But no, a bad hair experience or hair trauma can actually impact sexual performance in the bedroom. It can also cause us to withdraw from social events. Some of us may like to go out and dance or whatever we like to do, hang out with friends, but hair traumas can cause us to start to stay at home and just isolate from others. Um, also, hair traumas can cause us to spiral downward emotionally and sometimes we can get to a place where it can get really, really dark. And in some cases, unfortunately, it can cause suicidal tendencies. Um, so for the sake of time, we're just going to quickly break down the top three mental health challenges associated with hair. And that's stress, anxiety, and depression. I'm sure you can think of other answers or may have your own personal emotional testimonies. But with stress and anxiety, um, they both can cause hair loss and hair thinning. As I mentioned earlier, our hair releases, or I shouldn't say our hair releases, stress releases cortisol. And that can cause our hair follicles that we have to enter into the resting phase and cause shedding. So um, they'll stop working because we're so stressed out that it'll prevent our hair from growing and then our hair will eventually start to shed. All right, um, anxiety can also lead to over manipulation of hair because of the worry, the concern, being on edge. Um, it can cause us to excessively comb our hair, excessively brush our hair, trying to make our hair look a certain way, trying to cover up some potential hair loss or whatever's going on. We could pull our hair, trying to make our hair look together. So now we're taking our hair when it's already in a, all for sakes and purposes in a weak state, and we're actually causing more stress on our hair. We're also emitting more cortisol that's impacting our hair follicles. And now we're experiencing more breakage and more damage. Depression can also impact hair health as well. Some of the symptoms you may experience with depression is a loss of motivation, feeling of hopelessness. It also impacts our ability, if it's really severe, to get out of the bed to take care of our hygiene. We may not even want to take showers from days on end. So if we don't wanna take showers, of course we're not gonna to wanna to do our hair. We're not gonna wash our hair. We're not gonna take care of our hair. We're not even going to comb our hair. So now that'll lead to tangles, uh, our hair becoming really kinky to where we can't comb through it. Now we have more hair problems that we're actually dealing with. And additionally, some medications used to treat depression can cause hair, hair loss. So that's a side effect as well. So what can we do to manage our emotions? Because we are going to experience them. Let's normalize that we are going to experience these emotions, right? Sometimes we can say it's just hair and that's okay. But to some people, as I said before, it's not just hair. 
That's a sign of power that we've talked about. It's connected to our self-identity. Um, both my lacticians that I had in my life gave me basic strategies to deal with hair trauma. One is to embrace it. You know, your hair has done time on your head, like my lactician told me, like 10 years. If it breaks off at the bottom little, okay, it's done its time. <laughs> it's, it's going to keep growing. She said, it, you know, hey, it gets tired too. Um, so we can embrace it and then we could take control of our hair and, you know, do something about it. Like I'm dealing with this hair issue. Let me see if I can start eating healthy. Go to some professional and see if they can give tips or help me grow my hair back. Or I can go find nice hairdressers. I remember my former lactician would say, um, there are so many things available like wigs, hairdresses that people can wear now, you know, to make ourselves feel good. And she said, there's no reason that people should walk around, you know, miserable at their current hair state because there's so much that's available and it's so socially accepted that we wear headdresses or we could wear braids or wigs you know everybody's doing it i mean i even wear my locks to work and i know this is you know my experience and i don't get any pushback with my hair at work and any type of you know that's unprofessional or anything and i know some people do i'm not discounting that i've seen people's hair that has dyed any kind of way right but no one pays attention to that is actually accepted on my job you know so um so i know it's easier said than done to just navigate and embrace our hair but sometimes it's not that easy we are human and sometimes we may be dealing with other issues whether it's an illness or something else is going on that may be contributing to our hair loss so it's easier said than done to just like embrace it and get over it. So I don't want to minimize that anybody who has struggled with their hair traumas in the past or is currently struggling with hair traumas, because that's not fair, you know, for me to do. And there can be some intense emotions that you actually experience from your hair traumas. All right. So here are some strategies that you can use if uh, your hair traumas is very severe or impacting your daily routine. Remember, this is how you measure whether it's a problem or not a problem. If you don't feel compelled to go to work, you're not hanging out with your friends. And this is not just one day because, you know, people do call in sick you know, and stuff like that. But I'm saying where it's really getting hard for you to do. It's a chore for you to do anything. Are you super anxious and you are afraid to leave because you think someone's going to talk about you once you leave outside of your house? You know, once it impacts your daily routine, you'll probably have to use additional strategies. And I want to share some of those strategies with you as well. Um. If you are struggling with your hair loss or hair changes or hair traumas do and it's causing you like depression or anxiety or even much deeper intense feelings, here are a few things that you can do to help yourself. 
all right, you can go seek help from a mental health professional. This is number one, not because I'm in the field, but I do strongly encourage it. Um, seeking help from a mental health professional can help you address the root cause of your emotions or what your hair traumas is saying to you. Because sometimes it could be related to your hair traumas. Sometimes it could be related to other traumas. But working with a mental health professional, you can discover what's going on and what's leading you to feel your way. The therapist or counselor that you meet with can also help you manage your symptoms of depression, anxiety, or whatever other emotions you may be experiencing by giving you some strategies that you can use that'll work for you. Um, knock the stigma off. Some people think, well, why should I go to seek help for my hair? It's just hair. Or these people are going to think that I'm crazy because I'm going to see them for my hair. No, it's deeper than hair. No one's not going to think that you're crazy. Let's normalize reaching out when something is impacting us. We don't have to hold it in and try to deal with it ourselves. You can actually go talk to somebody. You're not going to encounter a mental health professional that's going to say, you know what, you're real crazy for coming here for hair. That's not true. And it's not going to happen. And if it does, I want you to file a complaint against them and I want you to fire their behinds because that's not for them to speak on your hair. They are supposed to be speaking into the, the emotions that you are sharing. Okay. All right, next thing I encourage you to do is to practice self-care. Self-care is so important. Yes, self-care for hair too, okay? <laughs> um, taking that time to do things that you that makes you feel good, such as exercising. I mean, exercising may not make you feel good when you're doing it, but it makes you feel good afterwards. Um, plus, it helps with the stress. Remember, stress. That reduces the cortisol. And then our hair follicles will continue to activate. Um, meditating, you know, just taking time out to meditate, enjoy your day. I like to call it commanding the day, just sitting there, um, meditating, just taking that time out for you. Sometimes when we get super anxious or super depressed, our thoughts are like a freaking runaway train. We're thinking, what if, and this is going to happen, oh my gosh, people are going to laugh at us, somebody's talking about me, they're talking about me, and our thoughts will take us to the great unknown. What we have to do with those thoughts, we have to stop those thoughts. And in order for us to stop those thoughts and change our thoughts to focus on things that we can control, we have to learn grounding techniques. And grounding techniques mean focusing on something in the room. Like right now, I'm actually looking at my ceiling fan and I'm watching the ceiling fan spin. I can talk about that ceiling fan, talk about the color of the ceiling fan. How many times have I, the blades have spun around? That actually brings us back into the here and now. Once I get back to that place, then I can say, all right, I have these thoughts about this hair. or I have this hair situation going on. What can I do? what's in my control. All right. And also indulging in a relaxing hobby that helps with the stress also. What are those hobbies that help you relax? Sometimes when we think of relaxing hobbies, we think of, I'm going to go to the spa. 
not every day we can go to the spa. I, I wish I could because I probably would go to the spa and get some massages, so forth and so on. Sometimes it may look like you going into your room and taking those five minutes to yourself while those kids are banging at the door. Trust me, they're going to be fine for five minutes. It may not seem like it. Um, running a bath and doing a bubble bath while they're beating at the door again. Just kidding. Um, just taking 15 minutes or taking some time for yourself. Self-care doesn't have to be all day. It can be as little as five minutes, but you're taking that time, you're breathing it out and you're centering yourself. Eating a balanced diet. Sometimes we got to look at what we're eating because it can impact our hair health as well. You know, making sure that you consume foods that are high in iron, protein, and biotin, which is essential for strong hair. We can start incorporating that. And lastly, and this is my own stuff that I'm throwing in, okay? Quit being so cheap and invest in your hair, please. Some of us will just shortcut our hair in a minute and mad when you have to go get a shortcut. I remember like with perms, I mean, nothing against box perms. You know, I don't know how to perm my own hair. That's why I, I didn't know how to do my own hair. That's why I went to a professional. But some people will sit here and will go get a box perm because they'd rather pay $3 because I'm not going to pay all these people my money. And I mean, some people probably can't afford to go to a professional. But sometimes you know people that can do hair. It's just finding a unpredictable behinds to get them Trap them down so they'll get to do your hair. Um, but find somebody to do your hair. If you don't know what you're doing or you reading them instructions and you unsure about what you're going to do, see if you can find somebody else. Honey, there's people that are gifted and talented out here that can do your hair. So take care of your hair. Remember, we said the hair is responsible for protecting the head. It helps with your identity. And it helps with your personality. Our hair is tired, y'all. It is tired. Invest in them wigs and hair wraps. You can even go to the dollar store and get some type of hair wrap. So don't say that you can't afford it, okay? All right. And especially if you're not okay with your direct hair state, it is your hair. You got to be okay with it first before anybody else. Remember, you are in control of your hair not society, not society. Okay. They may try to set the standard, but honestly, it's up to you and you have control on what you do with your hair. Also, let's rebrand the term. It's just hair. Some of us can navigate through hair traumas and bounce back with this statement. Others, not so much. Can we just start saying that it's hair? Because it's hair allows us to take control and do something about it that makes us feel good. Remember, you are that queen or, or king and you have every right to take care of your crown. So my challenge to you is to do something nice for your hair today. Whether it's a haircut, hairstyle, go buy another headdress, uh, moisturize that hair, comb your hair right? And if you rock in your head with no hair, honey, you rock it to the best of your ability. You go out and buy you a nice pair of earrings, or you go out and you empower somebody else who is rocking the same hairstyle as you, okay? 
that is so important. It helps with our mental health. And if somebody else is feeling down, you don't know if your words can help them feel better. Together as a society, the same way that society speaks into our hair is the same way we can reduce power of having those bad hair days by navigating our mental health and helping somebody else navigate theirs. Okay. So everybody, this has been intense. I have had a good time talking about this. I have shared my perspective on my hair journey. And I know you probably have your story. Somebody else probably has their story (laughs) about hair. Okay. I actually recorded this segment with my hair bonnet on. (laughs) Uh, So Monique, don't come for me because I know how you feel about those bonnets. But here's the thing. I'm rebranding it. If I want to wear my bonnet, I'm going to wear my bonnet because it's my head and it's my crown. I am a queen myself and I'm navigating my own hair. But I'm about to take this bonnet off now because I do have to go and take care of some errands outside of the house. If you run around with your bonnet on, that's you. I just take mine out, take mine off, okay? Because I just, I just do. Now, pajamas, I'll probably wear those out the you know nice pajamas okay (laughs) this has been great this has been an awesome and an amazing experience um talking about the connection between mental health and hair i am currently on spotify i'm trying to figure out how to expand my horizons i am learning this on my own i have tasked myself to learn how to do this podcasting on on my own because I really don't want to depend on anybody, you know, because I, hey, I'm a big kid right now. So, yes. (laughs) But um, so next week, we'll actually be talking about mental health and it is, you just got to come back, okay? Um, Not only you come back, come back and subscribe, like, or follow, whichever one. I'm learning how to get these terms down. Share this podcast with your friends. I hope this helps somebody. Share it with family, enemies, whoever else, and have them like, share, and share all of this information because I really want to get the word out about mental health. Um, Awareness of mental health is wealth. I will say that at every show. You'll probably hear me say it on the outro because it's true. All right. So for now, I'm signing off. Until next time, goodbye. This has been another fabulous episode on Good Tea and Reads. I am your host, Kimberlon B., and I want to leave you with one message. If you or someone you know is struggling or is in crisis, help is available. You can call or text 988 or you can chat at 988lifeline.org. One more option, you can also text Mental Health of America at 741-741. Choose to not suffer in silence. And remember, awareness of mental health is wealth. Signing off.